What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 15 of Preloaded, the podcast dedicated to previewing and talking about all of the biggest and most exciting upcoming video games. My name is Josh Finderup, and I am joined, as always, by the other half of Preloaded, Jackson Vanover. How are you doing this week, Jackson? I'm doing great, Josh. We finally have both next-gen consoles in our hands, and I can't wait to talk about them. Yeah, we are going to get into all of our impressions of the games that we've been playing and the consoles themselves, so that'll be a very exciting discussion. We do have some news to get into this week as well. It's been a bit quieter on the news front, but we're going to talk about some new cyberpunk gameplay that we got to see and a big Capcom leak, so you'll want to stay tuned for all of that. But first, Preloaded posts every Friday on both of our YouTube channels. You can check it out on my YouTube channel. I'm Quest Mode. And Jackson's YouTube channel, he's JV, J-A-Y-V-E-E. If you prefer to listen, you can catch the audio versions over on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you are listening on any of those platforms, we'd love for you to leave a review, a positive review, if you're enjoying the podcast. That'll definitely help us grow our audience. You can also write into Preloaded at the email address preloadedpodcast at gmail.com, and we welcome all of your comments, all of your feedback, but we'd really love to get your questions. At the end of every show, we dig into our mailbag and we read one of your questions on the show and discussions ensue. So we'll look forward to that. And speaking of questions, we're going to kick things off as we do every week with our segment, Who the Hell Are These Guys? And this is where Jackson and I answer a question about our gaming preferences, our gaming history, so you, the audience, can get to know us better. And this week, Jackson... The question that we are going to ask, this is a little foreshadowing into what we're going to get into later on in the show, but have you ever rage quit a game? So I have, and we kind of chatted about this before we hopped on the show this week about what defines a rage quit. I've never just given up 100% on a game and never returned to it. Like I've I've never done that, huh. but uh, my answer is actually Dark Souls. Uh, the first one, and it was when I was first exposed to that kind of game, I tried it and I just fundamentally did not understand what it was like to be a little more defensive and kind of let the game teach you and learn and realize that dying is actually a good thing because you are, you know, building up, uh, you know, a tolerance, a muscle memory for what the game is trying to tell you. So to answer that question, yeah, it's the original Dark Souls. Well, I'm not going to deviate too far from that. The first game that came to mind was actually the original Dark Souls as, Souls as well. But before I played that game, I tried Dark Souls 2. That was the first Souls game I ever tried, and I did quit, and I never came back to it. I didn't even get that far. I think I probably played it for three or four hours, which in, oh, a, Souls, wow. in a Souls game, that's nothing. So, um, But then I tried the original Dark Souls as well, and I got about 30 hours into that before I, I had just had enough. But as, <laughs> as we'll get into later in the show, I do still like a good Soulsborne game, just Funny enough, not the not the games that really define the genre in the Souls games. I like all the others. So, and I'm I'm there with you. I, I prefer the later uh, Soulsborne games, especially Sekiro. I thought that was a great game that almost made me put the game down for an extended period of time, but I kept grinding at it. Yeah, same here. Uh, it was one of my games of the year last year, Sekiro. So uh, 
Um, yeah, those Souls games, man, they or the Souls Born, whatever they're called, they uh, they can get to you if you uh, if you let them. <laughs> Absolutely. So with that, we are going to move on to out this week. This is the segment where we look at all the games that are coming out the week following uh, the posting of the show. So the following Monday through Friday. This week, we just have two games of note. Uh, on Monday, November 23rd, we get World of Warcraft Shadowland. So if you're still slogging away at, at World of Warcraft, you have an entire new expansion to look forward to. And then on Tuesday, November 24th, Just Dance 2021. So not a game that I have ever played, but I know there are a lot of Just Dance fans out there. Yes, people will be playing, a lot of people will be playing both of these games. I think it's just not uh, Josh nor mine's preferences, you know, on types of game. Yeah, and I should note that I think the Just Dance 2021, this is the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series version that's coming out. Um, It may already be out on the other consoles. But anyways, that's what we've got coming out. Uh, Next up is our review roundup. This is a bit more packed. We have a lot of games that came out the prior week, a lot of next-gen games, and we look at Metacritic, or I'm sorry, Open Critic scores uh, of each game, including the critic average and the recommended rating, which is how many of the critics are who are reviewing it actually recommend it. So we're going to kick things off with Demon Souls, which is getting probably the best reviews of the week. Uh, 92% critic average and 100% of people who play it are recommending it. So that's a, a fantastic score there. Next up is probably the biggest release, I would say, of the week, and that's Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which is getting a critic average of 77% and a recommended score of 67%. And uh, without spoiling our uh, discussion later on, uh, is that Call of Duty Black Ops score? How are you feeling about that, Jackson? I think it's pretty accurate, and it's low. Um, it's it's very low for a Call of Duty. I, yeah. I don't know what they've been lately, but uh, Modern Warfare, I think a lot of people were high on, but I think, yeah, Black Ops Cold War, it, it, it just just misses the mark of what you expect, I think, from these games. Yeah, interesting. And I will say that that Demon Souls score is uh, uh, spot on, <laughs> if you ask me. Uh, we, will get in, we will get into both of these games later on. Um, next up is Sackboy, A Big Adventure, which has a critic average of 79% and a recommended score of 81%. Then the Falconeer, which is a game I'm awfully curious about, has a critic average of 70% and a recommended score of 39%. So maybe a little disappointing there. Did you have a chance to check out the Falconeer? I did not. This is something that I think is going to, no pun intended, fly under my radar. <laughs> uh, I'm just not, I'm, yeah, thank you. I'm not going to check it out. I just don't, don't uh, feel like I want to dedicate the time to it. Yeah. Um, next up, Sniper Elite 4. Uh, critic average of 78% and a recommended score of 71%, followed by Astro's Playroom, uh, which is, has a critic average of 84% and a recommended score of 86%. We'll also get into that a little later, but fantastic game uh, by my account anyways. Um, Hyrule Warriors, a big, uh, a big release on the Switch. Age of Calamity has a critic average of 79% and a recommended score of 75%. And finally... Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory has a critic average of 78% and a recommended score of 69%. So other than those first two, any any surprises here or anything uh, of note to you, Jackson? Uh, for me, I just one more thing I want to add onto what I've already said. We'll talk about Demon Souls later, but I'm ri- right with you on 
the fact that that game deserves. I think it's just a must-play game. We'll talk more later. But Hyrule Warriors. I've read that this is a very buggy game right now. Oh, wow. Which is very un-Nintendo-like, I feel like. So um, I don't know if what's happening in the world is impacting the game or not, but you really hope that they're able to smooth those issues over. Yeah, you don't know. I, I don't know, I should say, who is the studio behind this game. Do you? No, I don't. I, I think it's one of their like secondary or tertiary studios. So I don't think it's a main Nintendo studio. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, that is very uncharacteristic of Nintendo. Uh, uh, I'll have to look into that. Well, that is going to do it for our opening act. We are now going to take our first break, and when we get back, we are going to get into this week in previews. We'll be right back. And we're back. It is now time for the week in previews. This is where Jackson and I dig into all of the news of the prior week about all of the upcoming games that are on the calendar. And we're going to start things off with the biggest game on the slate in the next month or two. And that's Cyberpunk 2077, of course, which released a special edition of their Night City Wire where they compared Xbox Series X gameplay to Xbox One X gameplay. So very interesting to see this, and I watched the the video in full, and uh, I was uh, very interested to see how things looked, and um, it was a mixed bag for me, Jackson. I mean, I was surprised how slow a lot of the gameplay was, and I wonder if that was deliberate, especially on the Xbox One X um, gameplay, but I guess before we get into our thoughts, just a a summary, this mission, it was a mission that we actually got to see a full, well, I shouldn't say full, there were a lot of cuts, so it was hard to get a gist of exactly what this mission was about. I think V went to like a, the red light district and into a strip club and a gunfight ensued. And then he or she tracked down a ripper doc and then um, who was a very interesting character. And then we got to see some Johnny Silverhand in actual gameplay, which was cool. And then it ended at a brain on a brain dance sequence, which was uh, really kind of a scary kind of dark sequence where it looked like someone was about to get tortured or something like that. So um, what what were your thoughts, Jackson? I'm with you. I think that the way that they cut it didn't help the the footage. Um, I, I realized that they probably wanted to show something with Johnny Silverhand in it and they but but while also not spoiling anything, which I like that. But at the same time, when you cut so much, it really does take away from what you're showing. If I'm going to nitpick it, um, And I think they were intentionally close. A lot of the slow walking and driving is how I felt. Um, I kind of wish that they just gave us an unedited, very long piece of gameplay, kind of like they did forever ago. I want to say like a year or two ago. They gave us like an 18-minute experience. I wish this looked more like that. Um, But what I will say is that the combat looks a little bit better, and Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad to see it looking better. And also that... It still looks good on Xbox One X, and we 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 only saw a small sliver, so I'm not going to pretend like this 10 minute you know video is representative of however long this game's going to be. Um, but I'm glad to see it on current gen. It looks like or previous gen now. It looks like it's holding up. Yeah, it did look good overall. What I would like to see on Xbox One X or PlayStation Four is like some some fast-paced gameplay in a in part of the game that's really open and has a lot of like city in the background like outdoors basically a lot of the gunfights i think the only gun gunplay we saw was in a corridor really tight enclosed space it looked good so i'm just curious to see when there's a lot of stuff going on how the xbox one and the playstation 4 handled that but 
overall, yeah, I thought it looked pretty good. And I was very excited to see Johnny Silverhand in the game. We kind of got to see a glimpse of what it's going to be like when he pops up. And he's just this kind of, uh, I don't know what you would call him. This Yeah, he's kind of like a, it reminds me of the siren in Borderlands. She kind of just mm-hmm. pops up. Um, but but I, I saw people's reception of, about Johnny, and they like the fact that V actually, you know, interacts with Johnny. Johnny's not just this phantom that shows up and says cryptic things. Like, it's a back and forth, which I like to see, too. Yeah, and it's very Keanu Reeves. Like, it is very, like, <laughs> I know kung fu. Like, that sort of tone. Uh, so that... Yes. Uh, I personally like that, but uh, I think some people might nitpick that. Um, and I will say that my biggest concern about Cyberpunk is the writing, it is the dialogue, and this did not do anything to really quell my concerns along those lines. So we'll see how that pans out. You know, CD Projekt Red has very unique dialogue, um, and I think you, you see that in The Witcher 3, and I expect more of that in this game. And I, I think it's more to create a flavor, a very distinct kind of uh atmosphere that you don't get from other games and yeah yeah, i'm i'm just kind of into that personally yeah Yeah. so uh if anyone has some thoughts on uh on this i'd love to or we would love to hear in the comments whether you thought that this uh, lived up to your expectations especially on the comparison front between the old gen and new gen consoles so let us know um we also want to mention that this podcast is being recorded on a wednesday and there is going to be the cyberpunk official night city wire episode five tomorrow as we're recording but it will have happened yesterday as you're listening so unfortunately we aren't able to give our impressions of the night city wire we will be talking about that next week um before we move on from cyberpunk did you have anything to add jackson oh just that i'm very excited to play and just small little nugget here i really hope that the ps5 version utilizes the controller Um, that's where Mm -hmm. i'm angling in terms of what i want to play this platform on purely for the haptic feedback I really hope that the guns and stuff like all of that works well with the with the PS5 controller. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the haptics on the PS5's controller are impressive to say the least and uh and the the resistance on those triggers so that with all the guns in this game that should be that should be fun to experience if that's the case. Moving on, we got some Capcom news. There was a massive, I think is the word the media's or the gaming media kind of used to describe it, a massive uh data breach. So I guess they were hacked. And as a result, there were some leaks about some games. Now, before we get into the news, there was some other stuff that, uh, you know, leaked some information about employees and stuff like that. So we do want to acknowledge that that's not cool. That's really actually terrible. Uh, But this being a a podcast focused on the games, let's get into the gaming news that came out as a result. First off, there was a bunch of Resident Evil Village news. Uh, Apparently, there will be a and this is coming from Game Informer. Apparently, there will be a demo of Resident Evil Village that will debut just before the game is supposedly set to launch, again, according to this leak, in April of this year. So if this is accurate, which we don't really know for sure if it is, the game should be coming out in April. And apparently, Resident Evil Village will also feature a multiplayer component, which actually was news to me. I have a feeling that people who've been following this game might have already known that. Uh, And also, according to Game Informer, it's been speculated that Resident Evil Village will have a battle royale component. Have you heard that, Jackson? I have not heard that. That's really bizarre just to hear, honestly. Yeah, and if this wasn't coming from Game Informer, I may have just left that out, but I I trust them as a source. So that's what they're saying is that it's been speculated. Anyways, that's the uh, Resident Evil 8 
actually, I should be calling it Resident Evil Village. They have come out and said that it is not Resident Evil 8, despite the marketing. So bear that in mind. Uh, just a r- real quick wrap-up of a lot of the other stuff that came out of this. There is apparently an Ace Attorney collection that is going to be released on PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch at some point. There were three unannounced and unnamed games. They all have code names. Uh, code name Guillotine, one called Code Name uh, Rewa, I think is might, might be how you pronounce that. We have no idea what those games are. There was also another multiplayer game called Shield, which is apparently built around streamers and no release date has been set. All these obviously coming from Capcom. And then finally, there was some Monster Hunter news. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise will be coming to PC in October of this year, next year rather, and Monster Hunter Stories 2 will apparently be coming to PC and Switch in June of next year. All right, so that's all the news. Anything that you found interesting or uh, noteworthy, Jackson? So I'm not a huge Capcom just in general person, uh, but I love Resident Evil. Um, I'm very excited for Resident Evil Village, and April sounds like a really good date. I I want to have my schedule cleared for when this game comes out, and not a ton of games come out in April from my memory. So, Yeah, yeah, same here. Uh, the most interesting thing to me was this multiplayer component, even though I'm probably not going to check it out. I mean, who knows? I shouldn't I shouldn't uh, sell myself too short, but uh, that was just the most surprising thing to me. So uh, look forward to that. Hopefully in April, I imagine we're going to be hearing something about Resident Evil, maybe at the Game Awards, which leads into our next story. This morning, as we're posting this podcast, the Game Award nominations were announced, which is always exciting. And uh, we are not going to get into great detail. There are 30 categories. We can't go through each one of them uh, here, but uh, we will get into our just overall thoughts. Um, Let me just pull up the Game of the Year nominations real quick, and um, I'll list these out. And then, Jackson, I'm really curious what your thoughts are overall on the the nominations. So for Game of the Year, we have Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and The Last of Us Part Two. So with that in mind, and just any other categories or any snubs that you felt might have gotten left out, what were your thoughts, Jackson? My general thoughts is that this is a good list. I've played, not completed, but I've played every game on this list except for Final Fantasy VII Remake, which might be shocking to some people, but it's just not my thing. And like even this being... Uh, you know, announced as a nominee still doesn't make me want. It just seems too nostalgic for me to to get into. Um, but this is a good list. Um, I know some people wanted uh, Half Life Alex on here, but I think it's just so you know the amount of people have VR is very very small. Um, so some people were expecting that on there. No big snubs. I was kind of surprised though that there are not so many games that just came out. And I know it's kind of hard to put this together. Uh, with such short notice, but like I think Demon Souls should be on here a lot more than it is. Is it? I don't know if it is at all. Actually, nope. that was actually the one snub I was going to bring up. It's not here anywhere, yeah. so it didn't get nominated for you know best action adventure, which or best role playing game. Either of those I think would have been appropriate, but nope. I was very surprised, especially given that Spider Man Miles Morales did get a nod or two. I think it's nominated for best action adventure and best uh, performance. Um, yes. So, which I was happy to see. I think that game so far is fantastic. But yeah, no Demon Souls was a big snub for me. I was also happy to see, even though I think it could have gotten nominated for more. Um, 
Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order did make get a nomination, and I don't know which one it got. But it is action adventure, which is yeah. where it should be. Yep. So I was really happy to see that uh, because that, uh, you know, if you if you d- don't remember, that came out, I think, on the day that the nomination deadline was due. So it wasn't or maybe the day after. So it wasn't eligible for last year's nomination. So it's nice to see that that got recognized. Right. It, it totally deserves it. That was one of my favorite games that I played last year. Um, it, another thing, and I'm sure if if you follow my channel, you'll you'll think this is obvious. I do think that Valhalla should have been nominated in some kind of art category. I just think from an open world perspective, it is absolutely stunning and gorgeous and achieves some things that I have just never seen before in a game. Um, just from a quality perspective, I, I do think that that game should have been nominated in the art category. Yeah, and I think from what I saw, I, I could be wrong, but I think Valhalla only picked up one nomination, and I want to say it was Best Action Adventure. It's two. Let's see. It's Action Adventure and one more. Oh, it's Accessibility, which Ubisoft totally deserves. They also got Watch Dogs in there. Um, yeah. That's a great, cool new category. Very happy that they're doing that. Yeah. And the the other the one game that I'm okay with it not being in the game of the year nomination list however i think that it belongs there at least as much as doom eternal does is uh or final fantasy 7 for that matter is um ori and the will of the wisps gotcha just a strikingly beautiful game the gameplay is rock solid and um yeah that was a fantastic game so um i think if i were to if i were to replace any of these on this list yeah it would either be final fantasy 7 or doom eternal but or Animal Crossing, but that's my personal preference. I know that a ton of people just can't get enough of that game. <laughs> yeah, and it's sold like crazy, so it's not surprising to see it there. Yeah, so anyways, uh, look forward to more Game uh, game Awards discussions on this show. Um, it's hard to say exactly what we'll talk about next week in our deep dive discussion, but there is a possibility if there are no major bombs dropped on us news-wise or something else happens that we don't foresee that we may very well be spending a lot of time talking about the game awards next week. So stay tuned for that. Next up, we are going to uh, go over just some quick hits here. Um, Deathloop got a release date, a trailer dropped that featured a release date of May 21st, 2021. So look forward to that uh, right at the end of spring. That's exciting. The Neo Collection is coming to PlayStation 5 in February. That's a series that, man, I've meant to get to, but I've never tried it. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, it looks fantastic, but uh, just haven't had time. And then we will not be getting, speaking of the Game Awards, we will not be getting any Halo Infinite information at the Game Awards. Now, did this come from, do you know if this came from uh, Jeff Keeley or did this come from uh, Xbox? This came from, uh, I believe, an interview, some kind of um, yeah, Eurogamer here is the one who it came from Microsoft themselves. Okay, so uh, that's doesn't that's not hugely surprising to me, but uh, maybe a little disappointing or very disappointing to some people who might have expected this game to come out early next year. I do not see that happening. Yeah, me neither. So that brings us to our deep dive discussion. It's nice this week. We have a lot of time to talk about our impressions of the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. Both Jackson and I were fortunate enough to get our hands on both consoles, uh, and we have both been spending a lot of time. Uh, If you follow Jackson's YouTube channel, you've seen him play. I have not been posting as much, but I have been playing a lot. 
Um, Jackson, I just want to kick this over to you. How's your week been? It's been awesome, Josh. We were talking before the show. I kind of wish I'd made less content so I had more time to play um, on Next Gen, but it's been so great. Uh, I think the overall feeling is that and we've talked about the value of these consoles and how much money you're spending and whether it's really worth it. After spending my money for my money, it's been 100% worth it um, to me. Just the experience. I felt like a kid again opening these you know, console boxes and setting up uh, my Xbox and my PlayStation. Um, I've been fiddling around with 4K and HDR, and now I'm kind of obsessed with it. Like I want to mm-hmm. play every single game in the highest fidelity possible because it really does make a huge difference. Um, so overall, a fantastic launch week for me. Yeah, same here. Like like you, it was just a ton of fun to get these boxes. I did get my Xbox Series X one day late, uh, but I, I survived. I got it, and then the PlayStation 5 came the next day, and uh, the setup process for both consoles was pretty silky smooth. Uh, no problems there. And yeah, the first thing I did on my Series X was fire up Watch Dogs uh, Legion and compared it to last gen. And yeah, the load times were super quick and the ray tracing was awesome. Uh, very noticeable if you have a trained eye. I feel like, you know, if I were to show my my brother or my dad who don't play games, like the difference, they'd be like, I, they'd, they'd be like, I, I don't see the difference. But uh, Watch Dogs right. Legion has some of the best looking puddles <laughs> I've ever seen in a video <laughs> game. Um, and yeah, I, I noticed that just to, just to counter on the PlayStation 5, Spider-Man Miles Morales in the, perf- not performance, but uh, fidelity mode has insane puddles as well. The ray tracing, like you can really see the difference. Yeah, yeah. And we'll probably get into the actual game, you know, individual game impressions. But I did notice that the ray tracing on Spider-Man is very noticeable. I went back and I switched back and forth between performance mode and uh, I can't remember what the other one is called. Uh, but you know the one that has uh, um, ray tracing and I, all that. I think it's fidelity. Okay, although that doesn't sound right. I don't know. And the frame rate did not. I actually found it almost unbearable after I had seen that game at sixty frames per second. And I am not a frame rate junkie, but man, that game <laughs> looks good at sixty. It really does. Uh, it, it really does. I did want to ask you uh, what you think about the user experience between these consoles. Like, does one shine over the other for you? Well, the Xbox, they're both good. I don't, well, what I should say is I don't have any complaints about either of them. And I feel like that's the way it should be. Like, I don't have, they're they're kind of, especially Xbox, it's almost, you don't notice it. But I think that's because it's almost identical, if not completely identical to what they were using on the Xbox One prior to the launch. So no complaints on Xbox, although... I will say, this is what I uh, mentioned earlier. I wanted to ask you about something. Quick resume. So quick resume. I've played only three games on my Xbox Series X. Uh, um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Watch Dogs Legion, and I fired up Dead Space 2 just to try a backwards compatible game. And quick resume worked on Dead Space 2 perfectly. I leave it. I come back. It's got the little quick resume logo. But Assassin's Creed Valhalla nor Watch Dogs Legion, neither of those games worked for me. Did they work for you on Quick Resume? They did not. And I think the only game that did work on Quick Quick Resume was when I went back and tried backwards compatibility for Red Dead 2. Um, And that did work. But like you, my game... Or did it? It did work on one game. But like you, 
I was shocked by this. And and Xbox, I don't think we covered it on the show, but I remember reading an article about them saying that Quick Resume would not be available for every game on launch, which is kind of just like, what? That's yeah. such a big selling point. Um, at least they they marketed around that. Um, so I was shocked as well. Yeah, and I, I I did wonder both those games require me because I chose I, I opted into the Ubisoft Connect service, which mm-hmm. by the way, switching from uh PlayStation or not play was from Xbox One to Xbox Series X was like seamless. I installed the game, it connected to the Ubisoft Connect, which is what I just mentioned, and then my save was just there. So that was awesome. Um, but I, I did wonder if because it has to sign me in every time, if that maybe had something to do with the reason it's not working. That's that's a really good point. Ubisoft always wants to connect to their servers. Um, I, I did wa- I wanted to mention uh, you, my experience with Ubisoft Connect. I decided to switch my playthrough over to PS5 from Xbox Series X. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, seamless. I didn't even have to log in to Ubisoft Connect. Wow. Somehow it was already logged in. And I once Valhalla was downloaded on PS5, I just picked up my save. It was incredible. I love that they're able to do that with cross-gen this generation. Yeah, that is fantastic. The future is now. <laughs> so Yes, it is. Yeah, but no, I didn't. And then on PlayStation, you, you mentioned the UI. Just uh, I'm getting used to it, but it's... Uh, there's some things that I like better on the PlayStation 4, like the uh, the the trophy list, how it's organized. I liked better on the PlayStation 4 than the PlayStation 5. But I will say the cards, which we all saw that in the presentation for the UI when PlayStation revealed it. I love the cards. Um, I don't know if you okay. u- utilize them at all, but in, in Demon Souls, it lets me um, travel to different areas of the game using a card, which bypasses, it's even faster than fast traveling in the game. Um, now, granted, I do lose my souls if I do that, so I only do it if I don't have any souls, but um, that's really interesting. And then I've been using the tips. Uh, I, you know, I've mentioned on the show that this, the, the Soulsborne games are the only games I really actively use guides in. And uh, I haven't had to get online to look at uh, tips because these little video tips provide all the information I need when I get uh when I'm frustrated that's awesome I'm glad that you've experienced that part of ps5 because I haven't um and and it's just because I haven't fully explored it yet um I haven't used I can't really say anything about cards because I just haven't used them I've really only you know pressed the playstation button to go down to like the game switcher or uh to go to home or you know rest mode whatever but um overall my impression of these UIs is like what you said. The fact that Xbox already got their update before Series X came out, it kind of made it less exciting. Whereas PlayStation is very new and shiny and fresh and not necessarily better. I'm with you. There are some things that feel a little clunky that I'm still getting used to. But at the same time, I like that it's something very unique and different. And I think that does give the PlayStation tiny leg up in terms of the overall experience. Like it, it feels new and exciting to be on my PS5. Yeah, I I agree. And again, with the introduction of these cards, it feels like to me that's a step forward. Uh, mm-hmm. There's, I think it's going to evolve as we, you know, as time passes. But it does feel like they're trying something genuinely new, and I think something that will be genuinely useful to players. So that's cool. Um. Was there anything in particular among all of them that felt the most next-gen to you? I would say uh, the the controller. It's it's the DualSense. 
Um, it, it makes such a big difference. And I think the one game that does it best, um, you may disagree with me, but or probably agree, is Demon Souls. Um, the impact of every single swipe of your sword or your weapon, you feel it, you hear it. Every time you get a parry repost, you get this very audible feedback and a very, um, you know, the haptics, the, the vibration is very unique just for that move. And I've, it really kind of showed me bug snacks is another game. We'll talk specifically about games in a second, but bug snacks, like there's a slingshot in that game. And as you're holding back the sling, you feel kind of the rubber band, you know, uh, I don't know what the term is for that, but you feel it, feel it kind of jittering yeah. within the trigger. It's it's insane, and that is the most next gen feeling I've gotten from either of these consoles on the PS5. Yeah, the Dual Sense is very impressive. Uh, the one thing that I've noticed the most as I play through Demon Souls is actually the sound that comes from the controller. Like when you kill somebody, yes. it has that blood spatter sound that comes out of the controller, <laughs> and the sound out of the Dual Shock usually annoyed me, but the way that Demon Souls does it. I love it. It is really. It's. It's. I don't think immersive is the right word. It's just kind of. It's just neat. Uh, it sounds. It, it actually sounds good. I guess that's the best way of putting it. Um, but the I, for me the the most impressed I've been is actually with the Dual Sense was when I played Astro's Playroom, which makes sense. That game was built to show off the Dual Sense controller, and it does a lot of things that are really cool. Like there's one part where you're climbing a wall. And there are these, uh, some of the handholds are broken. And if you pull the trigger down all the way, you'll rip the handhold off and fall down. But if you put, oh. if you pull the trigger down just halfway and it has that very distinct feedback that lets you know when you've pushed it down halfway, then you'll, you won't fall down. So very cool stuff. That's awesome. I, I want to play Astro's Playroom, but I don't know. It's, Something's holding me back. It's incredible. Like I am okay. not joking. It is only okay. about three hours long, maybe even two if you if you rip through it. Um, oh. But it, and if you're a PlayStation fan and you've been playing PlayStation for years, the nods, the Easter eggs are just all over the place, and it is just a an, a love letter to PlayStation, and they do it in a way that's really really charming and really cool. Um, and you'll ah. see you'll. Like you'll see the Ghost of Tsushima uh, Easter egg in there. You can't miss them in. Uh, they go back all the way to the PlayStation One, so I, I highly recommend it. That's awesome. I need to check it out. Um, one more thing I wanted to sort of add about the controller: did you did you fire up your PlayStation before your Xbox? No. Okay, you did Xbox first. Yeah. So your experience of playing the Series X controller and then going to PlayStation. I don't know about you, but like I was like, oh my god, this PlayStation controller is amazing. Yeah, and then I went back to xbox and i was like like it's not it's not like the xbox controller is bad but it just feels lifeless by comparison yeah Um, to the degree that i want to play more games on playstation this generation because of the controller yeah you know i haven't spent a ton of time on my xbox since i started my playstation i did play it a little bit today but um i you know i didn't i didn't notice that but okay you are you are right that yeah the i mean yeah i still think the xbox is more ergonomic it feels better than the dual sense to me but yeah the, the the feedback and the features of the duals the dual sense are definitely going to be missed on the xbox gotcha for me. yeah i was just yeah. curious yeah so um i guess getting into the games uh you know we've got a, a long list of games that we've played um i don't want to 
harp too much on it because we've already mentioned it, but you know, I've spent the vast majority of my time playing Demon Souls, and that is that is becoming one of my games of the year without a <laughs> doubt. And um the the best way I can think of describing it is I've been waiting for a while for a game that you know that feeling when you start playing a game and then you stop playing it and you can't stop thinking about getting back to playing it. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I am with Demon Souls. I just I can't I can't wait to the next time I play it, I just can't wait to get back to it. Uh, and that's kind of what I think about all day is Demon Souls. So um, amazing game. The the challenge is there for sure. It's very challenging. Uh, what I like the most about it is how it's... I didn't realize that Demon Souls, unlike Dark Souls, which is one... Those games are made up of one continuous world. Same with Sekiro or uh, Bloodborne. It's parsed out into five different levels. And I find that much more digestible. And I love it for that. It's very cool and... Um, just having a great time. Yeah, I, I, the most, this and Spider-Man Miles Morales are the most next gen games I feel of, of all of these and that I've played. Um, I want to say, yeah, asterisk on that. Some games I haven't played like Yakuza, by the way, that, that could feel very next gen as Mm -hmm. well, but Demon Souls and Spider-Man Miles Morales, these are just like stamp it mail it sign seal deliver it you have to play these these are like must play games in my opinion um demon souls is gorgeous oh yeah visually like volumetric fogs it is it runs like a dream that is one thing that i think is very important to mention yep um but also blue point that studio makes magic. Like yeah. that is now one of my. It, it's they already did incredible work with uh, Shadow of the Colossus, but Demon Souls is on another level. It this is. game, <laughs> it just visually, you would never know that it's a game that was uh, remade and remastered. Yeah, and uh, I, I have prior to this gen, I have never really been a stickler for frame rate. I can I can get by with thirty frames, but both these games, Demon Souls and Spider Man, I'm playing them at. 60 frames, and they both give you the option to go either performance or fidelity, and I'm choosing the 60 frames per second, and uh, so I might have been converted because they both look (laughs) so silky smooth. I haven't noticed a drop in frame rates on either, except for Spider-Man when I put it into the fidelity mode. Um, I, I walked up to a skyscraper that was all glass to see how the reflections looked, and it definitely was dropping below 30 frames a second, no doubt. Yeah, and, and that's those are little things that I can forgive um, personally. And we are these are launch games, and so I, I expect that stuff like that will be a lot smoother later into this generation. Um, but I'm with you. I, I think I was already there, but I cannot imagine putting these games on on um, on fidelity mode just for the ray tracing. Like the silky smoothness, mm-hmm. not a single dropped frame is just too good yeah um, for me it is i wanted to ask you how far through um not to put you on the spot but how far through miles morales are you i'm actually only about i think about four hours into that game okay yeah I'm, i i think it's clocked me it keeps track i'm at like 31 percent of the game completed and it might be around four or five hours as well but what really took me by surprise and i, I shouldn't have been surprised because the story of 2018 spider-man was so good but this game, I was at for about an hour. I was like, "Yeah, this is just another open world. I'm going off. I'm checking all the boxes, doing all the things." But then there's a, a twist early on in the story that I'm like, "All right, I am in now. I got to figure out what happens <laughs> next." And uh, yeah, really I think good storytelling. That twist. Yeah, yeah. Insomniac um, have firmly established themselves as a very AAA story narrative driven 
the studio. Um, I, I think that's solidified further with Miles Morales. And uh, I love the his character. He is just such a, a, a great human being. Mm-hmm. And uh, not to get too 2020 on everyone, but I feel like I've, I've needed to kind of see Miles be the really good person that he is. It, yeah. It's just heartwarming. Yep. And, uh, you know, I've listened to a few... Um, you know, content creators that are uh, uh, of, I guess, Latinx is the term, Latinx background, and mm-hmm. they have acknowledged that they that this game gets the culture aspect of it right, which I really like seeing that because going back to Cyberpunk, that's one of my concerns is that they're not going to get that right. But um, you know, the fact that he is you know of mixed background and uh, they bring that into the game, I find really cool. Uh, I get to feel, I get to play a game where I'm different from the person on the screen. Whereas, like, I'm a white American dude. Like most people <laughs> in video games, look like me, and it's cool to play someone who's different than me as a in the lead role of a game. So that's exciting. Yeah, I love that too. And that's uh, most of the characters in this game are you know uh, minorities and and also uh, mixed, like you said, interracial background. Um, that's awesome. Like. Never have we had a, uh, you know, Latinx and black protagonist in a game that I can think of. Um, I'm sure there are some, you know, some examples, but this is on a big spotlight and stage. And I think that Insomniac nailed it. Yeah. So really positive reviews there. Um, As far as, you know, I haven't spent a ton of time on my Series X, um, just playing Assassin's Creed, a little bit more of that and a little bit more of Watch Dogs. What have you been spending your time on your Series X playing? Uh, most of the time uh, before I switched Valhalla over to PS5, it's been Valhalla uh, for the most part. Yeah, I've also gone back and checked out, what is it, uh, Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption 2. And man, if you remember the console loading times for that game, they were almost unbelievable. They were like Skyrim 2011 level. Um, they were very long. They wow. are like... 15 seconds on next gen it is (laughs) it is amazing yeah that's awesome yeah Yeah. i i was so i didn't compare anything from last gen to this gen on my ps4 but i did obviously those two games the two ubisoft games and what the game i was actually most surprised by was how smooth um assassin's creed valhalla ran um because i've i think we discussed last week that it wasn't all that smooth on this xbox one and sure enough I, I didn't notice much of a frame drape, frame rate drop, nor did I see the screen tearing as much on my Series X. Interesting. I've had screen tearing on my Series X noticeable enough for that to be another reason that I switched over. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And on, on PlayStation 5, I'm also getting some small screen tearing. I think it's just a console thing. Yeah. Um, so I hope that Ubisoft is able to iron that out. One more thing I forgot to mention, and it's on our list here, but... Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War is the other game I've been playing on my Xbox. And I have to give a little uh, narrative story for you guys. I've told Josh about this. I bought the wrong version of Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War on my Series X. I bought the 1X version of the game, the previous gen. And that caused my console, my Series X, to shut itself off after less than 15 minutes of playing the new Call of Duty. So I didn't get to play Call of Duty until I looked it up online and realized that was the issue. I upgraded my version to next gen and it's been fine. I've had one crash since then, but otherwise the game seems to be running fine. So it it sounds to me like smart delivery did work, but it wasn't as automatic as maybe they made it sound. It 
I think it didn't work actually. Okay. Um, they somehow Microsoft's store allowed me on my next gen console to buy a previous gen version. And I see why they want that capability. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, the game should have told me you are playing the previous gen version. And I could have figured that out because I only paid $60. Next gen games are now 70. Um, but I didn't. And I had to, you know, be frustrated and Google it. And also, I should be able to play the backwards compatibility version of the game without it shutting down my console. So that <laughs> yes. is like a major <laughs> glitch that they need to figure out. I don't know if it's been figured out by the time we're recording. Yeah, that's a that's a bummer. I'm sure that uh, with a game like Call of Duty, I would imagine that was patched as soon as possible, if not, if they haven't already done it. I hope so. Yeah. Um, did you have to pay extra to upgrade or was it the same price? I did. I paid $10. So I I bought the $60 version of the game initially, didn't work, had the issues, Googled it, figured it out, and then did a $10 upgrade. Yeah, cool. Um, So I see here you put that you have played a little bit of Bug Snacks. How's that going? (laughs) Yes. I've played about two hours of Bug Snacks. It's very charming. I like its use of adaptive triggers and haptic feedback. Um, It's a game that constantly makes me laugh. Uh, but it's also a game I think that is very self-aware of itself, which I can buy into. Yeah. Um, it knows that it's being ridiculous. And uh, let me just say, not to spoil anything, I'm only two hours in, so I don't really know much. But there is a reason that you as the the protagonist are not eating the bug snacks. There's a mystery going on. Um, it almost plays out like a murder mystery. It's 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 really fun and charming, um, and it's free with PS Plus. So I think it's totally worth everyone's time. Yeah, I've got it downloaded. That is definitely one I'm going to play, no doubt. Um, I'm excited that, that that reviewed well because I think, you know, the developer, this is the same developer that made Octodad, which had similar <laughs> hype behind it, but I don't think it was as well reviewed as Bugsnack. So I'm happy that it's, uh, seems like everybody likes this game. Yeah, it's just, Good, lighthearted fun, and if you have young people in your family in your house right now um, that are home, like a lot of people are dealing with right now, Bug Snacks is a great game to play with uh, your family. Yeah. Um, so speaking of family games, the the one game that has actually, uh, I guess you could say, kind of let me down was Sackboy: A Big Adventure. I was really looking forward to this game. Now I haven't played past the first world, so I think there are five worlds. So it it very well may be that this game gets better as I go on, but I was really looking to get my platforming fix from this game, having been a big fan of the little big planet games, but it just feels so by like platforming by numbers to me and uh it doesn't okay. feel as 3D. It still feels a little bit too 2.5D for for my tastes even though it is it is a 3D platformer, don't get me wrong, but um you know where I got my platforming fix on the PlayStation 4 was Astro's Playroom. Um as short as that game is, I don't want to, um, we already talked about it, but it's just a fantastic game. I, I don't know the studio's name behind Astro, but keep an eye on this developer, whatever they work on next. Um, I'm going to be very excited to see what it is because these guys know what they're doing when it comes to platforming. Just a great, charming game. Yeah, I, I need to make time to play that game. I think I will next week. Yeah, and for Trophy Hunters, you can get the Platinum in probably five or six hours. It's really easy, so that's another bonus there. Um, so I think we've covered all the stuff that we have been playing. Um, yeah, for me, my favorite's Demon Souls, and then a, a close second is Spider-Man. Uh, what has been your favorite game that you've played so far? Uh, I think 
I, I'm not going to give a favorite. Um, eh, maybe I will. I think Spider-Man is my my one, and then Demon Souls is very close after, just because I haven't played enough of it. And then uh, Valhalla. I'm just really digging the next gen version. Um, I'm so glad that I'm able to get that kind of fidelity from uh, a console. Yeah, yeah, it does look great on the Series X, and I, 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 I maybe I'll. Actually, I'd have to pay. I'd have to buy it again on PlayStation. But I do have a PS4 version of Watch Dogs. Maybe I'll fire Watch Dogs up on my PS4 and see how that looks. Yeah, it'd be worth it to to compare them. Yeah. Um. So I, I saw this morning you also had uh, put in the doc that you have played some games on backwards or some backwards compatible games. How's that gone for you? Yes, I really wanted to test out that experience because I think that's something, especially uh, a lot of people have been hammered by the events that we're dealing with. Uh, so if you were just able to eke out enough um, to grab a console, maybe you're relying more on backwards compatibility or the PlayStation Plus collection. Guys, you have to go back and play some of these games on your next-gen consoles if you happen to get them. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is probably the most impressive hmm. example of this. Um, I think it already had a performance mode, but it is just silky smooth HDR. Um, the haptics actually work. I don't think there's any adaptive trigger stuff, but the haptics in the dual sense, like you can feel it with uh, Ghost of Tsushima. It's almost like it was meant to um, to to utilize that tech. So uh, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. You need to play it on PS5. Um, Red Dead, I briefly mentioned, that's a game that really takes advantage of the quicker loading times. Visually, I don't think you could say it's um, specifically enhanced for next gen. Um, I hope that Rockstar does do that, though, because that's a generational kind of game that Mm -hmm. I think deserves that upgrade. Um, And then the other one, God of War, man, silky smooth 60, uh, not 4K, but uh, 1080, 60 FPS. It just, man, it looks so, so good. Uh, one thing I did try that I was very disappointed in is Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, and I think this is a technical engine-related challenge. I think the Gorilla did not design this game. And we saw this with PC. PC had issues for yeah. a while before they fixed them. They did not design this game to be played in higher than 30. And the result is that it feels underwhelming compared to these other backwards-compatible games. I mean, it still looks gorgeous, but there's no performance mode. And even still, I found that the PS5 had frame rate dips wow. like it wasn't smooth so i've just found that to be very odd and i hope i really do hope that gorilla makes this game more playable um because i think it's uh it's just tough to play this game in 2020 yeah that's interesting that makes me want to try death stranding because that was built in the same engine uh i wonder if yes that, if that has anything to do with it um it's quite possible that it doesn't but anyways that's that's interesting. Uh, I'm glad to hear those other games are uh, were impressive because the, the you know the one game that I am uh, considering firing up and maybe even playing through is Days Gone because they people have said that that game now looks incredible on the PS4. Oh man, I really want to do that too. Days yeah. Gone is a a bit of a hidden gem from last gen. Yeah, I never I never played it. So uh, very cool. The one backwards compatibility game I fired up. I wanted to fire one up on my Series X because they have touted their backwards compatibility and I wanted to do a a pretty old game, uh, one that I was familiar with. So I fired up Dead Space 2 and I gotta say, you know, it wasn't mind-blowing, but it was very seamless, very quick, and it looks great. You know, it it, uh, definitely is running at a smooth frame rate, a 1080p and uh, no complaints. So it was just, I, I think the most impressive thing was just how fast I was playing Dead Space 2 once I decided I wanted to play it. 
Yes, I want. I wanted to mention that experience on both consoles. I think it's very good. All you do is go to your game library, and then you have a huge list of games that you already own through various subscriptions, or you've bought digitally, so on and so forth. But it, it's very easy to sort through games that are enhanced for next gen or just backwards compatible games. It is a very easy experience to do, and I found the same thing on PS5. Yeah, yeah. So uh, before we wrap things up, what games are have you not gotten to yet that you want to play, Jackson? Uh, I need to play more of Demon's Souls. It's just been on the back burner for me. I need to get back in. I need to get sucked back into that game, and I think I'll allow myself to. Um, I also want to make time to play Astro's Playroom, um, a lot more Valhalla. I feel like people are blazing past me, even though that's been like my main game for the past uh, yeah. you know, month now. Um, and then the Pathless. I keep reading so many good things about the Pathless. I want to play that. Yeah, nice. Me too. The Pathless is on my list. Bug Snacks is on my list. And I actually bought Yakuza. You might even be able to see it on my shelf behind me, that yellow oh, box nice. sitting there. Uh, I bought it. Um, I, I, I got to see what that game is all about. I haven't, I've only heard good things about it and just that tone. Like you said, in 2020, I just want to, like, especially after Demon Souls, that might be a good palate cleanser <laughs> where, you know, 2020 is super depressing. Uh, the environments in uh, Demon Souls are beautiful, but they are dark and quite frankly depressing. So that might be what I play to brighten up my world once I finish. That sounds like an excellent plan. Yep. So uh, anything else you want to add to this discussion? Wow, we've been talking, I feel like, forever about this, um, and I'm glad we've gotten the chance to air all this out. Uh, just generally speaking, uh, I feel really fortunate that I'm playing next-gen. Um, I know a lot of you out there are not able to yet, so I hope we're able to give you some kind of you know vicarious feelings, you know, sharing our experiences, and I hope everyone gets their consoles ASAP. Yeah, me too. I really hope everyone who wants one is able to get one by the holiday, and uh, I will just say that it, it does... Even though the graphic leap is not there from, I mean, it, it is there, like Demon Souls and Spider-Man and um, even Valhalla when I played it. These games look amazing, but if you feel like it's not a huge leap forward, technologically speaking, it for some reason, it does feel like a next-gen experience when I play games on either console. It it just does. So Yeah, I, I buy into that too. Um, so that's that, that makes me happy. Anyways, uh, that is our discussion review roundup review discussion of the next gen experience and all the games we've been playing again if you have any questions that you want to uh hear us talk about uh regarding next gen on the next week's show write in and ask uh preloaded podcast at gmail.com or just leave a comment in the youtube comments uh with that though we are going to take our second break and when, when we get back uh we are going to uh, we probably, Jackson, we might skip what we've been playing this week because I think we just got that covered. Um, yes, that's <laughs> but a good idea. We will be talking uh, about, uh, or we, we will be taking rather, a question from our mailbag. So we'll be right back. And we're back. Again, this week we are going to pass over the what we've been playing segment because we have that covered in our previous discussion. So we're going to get right into our mailbag. And this week we got a question from Casey, Casey, thank you so much for writing in. Again, if you want to write in, you can reach us at preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. So Casey asks, are there any behind the scenes looks at game development that you wish you hadn't learned? When I was a kid and had no clue how games worked and elevator rides or winding hallways were used to hide the game loading in the background, that didn't bother me. 
Now, when I see these things, it breaks the immersion of the game. Was there anything specific that you learned or that you have learned that may have soured your enjoyment of a game? So I'll kick this over to you, Jackson. So for me, Casey, thank you for writing in. Like Josh said, my answer is no. And I feel like I have the perspective of someone who's been able to see games being developed like through EA Game Changers, you know, Ubisoft inviting me to check out their games early. Um, I've seen games in progress. I visited studios and it's still magic to me. Like, I, I you know, there are some technical technological um, workarounds that developers have had to use for previous tech, but it, it is still magic the way that developers are able to produce games and kind of um, come up with solutions like that. I see it that as even more magical, actually, uh, personally. So, yeah, my answer would be no. Nothing's really ruined games for me. Awesome. Yeah, I had to think about this because what Casey's example was was kind of the only thing I could I could think of. But then I I, I thought about it and I have a kind of a an, an interesting answer. Well, I hope it's an interesting answer that might be a little different than Casey was thinking. But this idea of crunch happening behind the scenes has definitely affected how I perceive games that I am maybe looking forward to. If I hear that a game uh, that people have been asked maybe um, wrongfully so to work on a game a certain amount of time, then I've had to ask myself the question, is is this a game I want to support? And you know, the answer that I've come to, it hasn't soured my enjoyment of these games because the answer that I've come to is, you know, if I poured my blood, sweat, and tears into a game, maybe even more than I had um, wanted to, I would still want people to enjoy that game. I still put my time and effort into it. So um, I still do support games where maybe there was some crunch behind the scenes. Not to be a downer, but that's that's the that's what came to my mind, you know? That's a really relevant um, answer, I think. And that's a great point. Uh, I, I hope that, you know, once we get cyberpunk, that uh, we hear a little bit more positive news about that game. Yeah, yeah. So uh, very interesting question. Casey, again, thanks for writing in. And again, to anyone else who wants to write into the show, it's preloadedpodcast at gmail.com and that is gonna wrap it up for our show this week before we get into the uh um the final details anything you want to plug on your channel jackson yes you guys should look out on my channel i've been posting a lot lately but i i'm working on an xbox versus playstation sort of video it's not as combative or competitive as that um i do have a very strong opinion about it um, but look out for that and also look out for some kind of cyberpunk related thing about the new gameplay that's coming out soon. Nice. Yeah. On my channel, I am working on my next video. Uh, it is a cyberpunk related video. Uh, it's uh, 10 things that you might still not know about cyberpunk. And I'm waiting until tomorrow's Night City Wire to finish this video. Just want to make sure they're not going to talk about anything that I'm going to talk about. So look out for that uh, sometime in the coming week. And uh, yeah, with that, we are going to wrap it up. You can find me on social media. I'm at at Quest Mode Games on both Twitter and Instagram. Jackson, where can people find you? I'm at JVNYT on Twitter and Facebook. And on Instagram, I'm at JV.YT. Yeah, and if you are watching this on YouTube, don't forget to drop a like and share with friends if you enjoyed it. And if you're listening on any of the audio platforms, don't forget to post a review if you are, again, enjoying the show. And with that, we will see everyone next week. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys.